Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot to get to today. Uh, David, you want to start with the shooting in Texas? Yeah, just an awful tragedy at the uh, Premier Outlet Mall in Allen, Texas. Just out, well, in the DFW area in Texas. Eight people killed, seven others wounded. Uh, The shooter was killed by a police officer who happened to be there, I guess, for a separate call. Yep. Uh, The killer in this case has been identified as a 33-year-old man. He had been at one point certified, at least, as a security guard. Um, and actually had weapons training, the level two and three for for security guards. Um, he had, you know, he had an AR-15 style rifle, according to a law enforcement source. I think the fr- the frustrating thing for a lot of us is that law enforcement hasn't exactly been keeping people up to date. And I don't know if that's just because they want to make it after the Uvalde debacle, they want to mm-hmm. make sure that they're getting it right the first time they put something out there. Uh, Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I know they have a tough job, and there's a lot to sort through. But, man, you've got a lot of rumors right now swirling around about who this guy was, what he was into, what he was up to. Uh, What we're supposed to believe now is that this Hispanic guy was a neo-Nazi white supremacist. Yes, sir. Which, that's a neat trick. Um, And depending on the report, (laughs) it will say was really into white supremacy or was dabbling yeah no idea honestly and that might be something that i'm just not aware of or maybe you've heard of it before where it's popular in hispanic culture to become part of white supremacy i had not heard that before but it's so strange in the world we live in right now that if you are a black person and you have conservative thoughts then according to the left, you are carrying the water for white supremacy. White supremacy is like where a lot of people on the left want to pin so many negative things and awful, horrific things. Like, well, this is where it comes from. So I don't know how this trick is being played with this Hispanic guy in Texas, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the word white would somehow exclude people of other races. But not if they're under the spell of white supremacy or some nonsense. So yeah. they identify as a white supremacist, but, but then also, no, they're not. Okay. But then also you're seeing the reports of a gang-related tattoo that the guy had. And yeah. so, again, it, which was not a, any sort of right-wing or, or white supremacist thing, I don't know. Again, we, we're just kind of waiting and, and sorting through the rumor mill right now. 
Although, I mean, once again, you've got the whole guns, guns, guns thing coming up. Yes. Uh, you know, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has blood on his hands and all of this stuff. Because, again, before we know anything real about this guy, because we don't know why his security officer license uh, expired. It wasn't no. revoked. It just was allowed to expire like three years ago. So, I, again, I... We don't know why, what happened. Was he legally allowed to do that? Dude had been staying at a hotel. So not exactly, you know, again, seemed to be kind of on the fringes of society. Again, I I don't know what this guy's motivation was. It'd be nice if law enforcement would tell us, but everybody's just so eager to jump into the hot takes masterpiece theater that it's just here we go again. Uh, with another one of these, and we know exactly what everybody's going to say. It's all scripted out, and nothing yes. is going to change. But I mean, there are different facets if you wanting if you're wanting to have an honest conversation. And I'm not coming from a place where here's the answers, and let me tell you why this happened. It's not that at all. It, there are just different things that I think you have to take into consideration. Uh, one being, uh, it was a gun-free zone, the mall. And from at least what I read, not a lot of security around there. And if not for the cop, who turns out to be a hero, was there for other business on another call, Mm -hmm. how bad this could have been. So that's also, well, at least in my opinion, should be part of the conversation moving forward. But there will be time for that. So still trying to get information from that story. Meanwhile, um... I cannot believe with everything going on at the border, someone is saying we need to focus on root causes of migration. Not yeah, again. Yeah. Not again. Here we freaking go again. Representative Gosh. Pete Aguilar says, hey, listen, we got to focus on this one thing. I know that it is absolute chaos at the southern border, and I know that it's going to get a whole lot worse this week when Title 42 is officially ended and whatnot. You got busloads of people coming up from Panama and elsewhere. Uh, south of us, uh, but but we got to focus on the root causes. That's that's what he says. Okay. All right. Roll it. Roll it. That's want to roll it. What House Democrats want to also make sure that we focus on are these root causes of migration. You know, people are fleeing in difficult and dangerous conditions. They're fleeing economic issues. They're fleeing because of climate change, and they aren't able uh, to farm the land that they used to farm. <laughs> you got these old farmers are that me? are just coming up. You know, that that's it. Uh, that, that's all it is. It's climate change. So we're going to get all of the Dutch farmers that are getting their land taken from them as well, I guess. Yes. Is that what he's saying? Right. <laughs> what no. in the heck are you talking about, man? They're fleeing because of climate change, and they aren't able uh, to farm the land that they used to farm. Okay, from all of the interviews that we've seen over the past three years, mm-hmm. okay? Hey, why why did you come here? Well, the border was open. Well, it, it, we got the word. We can come in. It's okay. Have you heard one person come in illegally? You know, climate change has affected me from getting a bumper crop. (laughs) So I can't do it anymore. That's why I'm coming up here. People just lie out of their butts constantly. It's disgusting. I don't know how these people look in the mirror at night. Seriously, you're a bad person. Well, that is a new one. They're just a brand new. They're applying grapes of wrath to these people who are coming up, aren't they? Yes, yes. (laughs) We're going California way. That's what we're doing. 
Oh, my goodness. That is infuriating. It's the unwritten Steinbeck novel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're back to uh, root causes. I thought that was Kamala's gig. Yeah, I thought she solved it because she's moving on to artificial intelligence. That's right, and that's that's a big ask for someone like Kamala, yeah, tackling is. that, because yeah. no one knows what's coming in the next six months with artificial intelligence. So wouldn't that suggest that she had already pretty much figured out root causes and mm-hmm. we've moved on from it because she solved the problem? Apparently not. I'm sorry, I got to do it. Oh, you got to? I think I do right, right. now. Okay. It is 30 seconds, which is long, but I think we got seven root causes in this clip when she was first put on the task. All right. Okay. Let's revisit. Roll it. Now, it did that computer shut down, too? This isn't me this time. Hey, I know that we used to have a window, and we had a soundproof that. Can we take the soundproofing off so I could take this computer and throw it out the window? <laughs> you want to chuck it right now? I do. Okay. I could fire up the chipper. I would like the chipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get to the root causes from Kamala a little bit later. Um, Let's move on to Biden. Did you see the numbers that have come out? Oh, man. It's the worst he's had. Oh, buddy. I I saw even little George Stephanopoulos was like, oh, no, this is bad for the president. Yes, it is. People don't think he's fit to be president anymore. He's too old. He's too senile. And he's not a very good guy. Okay. Just a couple of clips real quick. So he had the big interview with Stephanie Rule, MSNBC, right? And she's setting this up and listen to the response. And you talk about fighting for the soul of America. But can we level set in terms of the soul of America right now? Hate crimes are on the rise. Random acts of gun violence. Women are under attack. Mr. President. I'll I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let, well, um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago uh, becomes president again. He started to say Obama. <laughs> well, um, we cannot right let... Right there! Obama. Oops. Uh, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then <laughs> you think, okay, once he gets the interview rolling and he gets his footing, then he can talk about uh, some things that they really want to do, maybe some rail, something like that, huh? Uh, for example, you're going to be able to get an Amtrak and instead of going through the tunnel of Baltimore at 30 miles an hour because nothing's been done under the Chesapeake Bay for under the, the, Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore area for 80 years. They're going to be able to go to 100, through at 100 miles an hour. We're going to, they're going to see more. They're going to see railroads going from Syracuse to down all the way down to New York, upstate New York. Anyway, <laughs> to, to, to the city. But my, I guess what I'm saying, what, what I think that we're going to see is move. Again. That's another giving wow. up in the middle. When he goes anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, I just uh, anyway, yeah, you know what I mean. This is what words? Happens. This is what happens when you left your post-it notes in the in your jeans for the wash? <laughs> Coming out and the words are there still, but they're out of order. They're jumbled up. Nobody knows. We're talking about Baltimore. We're talking about Syracuse, New York, the city, not the state and upstate. Up there, down there, you know, yeah. and what under North, river. Southeast, west. I love trains. Yes. So does Pete. Er. <laughs> Who knows what he means? Meanwhile, and you sent me this over the weekend. 
Oh, Holy smokes, from Robbins. <laughs> yeah. Is someone in trouble? How did this happen? Oakland A's broadcaster Glenn Kuyper had a ride on the whoopsie-go-round during the pregame show. They were in Kansas City and talking about what they uh, did before the game. And he tried to say Negro Leagues Museum, and it came out all sorts wrong. This is edited, correct? It is edited. I had to edit it. Make it sure. All right. We had a phenomenal day today. Negro League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue, all in the span of two and a half hours. Awesome. Incredible. An incredible day. Yeah, I still got Arthur Bryant's hanging around my tongue. Yeah, he's got got a little bit for later on his beard, but that's okay. (laughs) Holy (laughs) cross. Breath mint for the broadcasters. I know. I've been there before. Guys, have a great call, and hopefully you'll get a win to go along with your perfect day in KC so far. Did not get a win. Uh, He's been suspended indefinitely. Yeah. The weird thing. That was the N-word, obviously. Yes. The weird thing, though, is that nobody in the broadcast reacted to it. Nobody did. Including, Dallas Brayden is the guy, a color commentator there. Yeah. And, and and the people back in the studio, including a black guy, nobody said anything about it <laughs> no. at the time. And that that leads me to wonder, is it one of those situations where when you're on the audience end of something, whatever processing comes through or whatever it just sounds like it like like Mm. he dropped an n-bomb but the people listening to the feed in their ears didn't hear it because if they didn't hear it then they are the greatest actors of all time or if they did hear it they're the greatest actors of all time well okay first thing that goes through my mind is if something gets mispronounced from one of us on the show Mm -hmm. okay i mean we're total jags to one another you're gonna get called out (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but I think we've all been in situations on the air with other people previously in our careers where you just sort of let it go. You don't call attention mm-hmm. to it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you hope nobody else does either. Yeah, you're just like, just let that fly by. You don't want to call attention to it. I don't know what case that was. I wonder <laughs> if it was that. Or maybe you're right. They heard it completely different. But when I heard it, when you sent it to me and it was raw, there's no mistaking it. That was oh, the N-word. Oh, that yes, it was but the N-word. But I don't N-word. think he meant to say it. no. Because everybody just blew right past it, and it wasn't until they're like halfway through the game before he comes out and, and apologizes for it. Right. Because he had, he had no idea. Well, you know, for the left, you know, intent matters. Unless it's a situation like this. Right. And then there's no forgiving. Your career's over. God. So what's going to happen next with that? Keep an eye on it. Now we got to get to Hunter's legal troubles. Whoo, buddy, here we go. That's next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I just keep telling myself, well, I'm saying it here. We're going to get through this. It's a crazy time in our country. We're going to get through it. The latest on Hunter Biden here. This is interesting. Yeah, well, apparently, just to set the table here, apparently there's supposed to be some big news being made this week about Hunter Biden. James Comer was talking about it. You know, I still have PTSD from the last big bomb that was going to be dropped with Rudy's hair gel running and yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Kraken lady and all the nonsense. Comer's not there. the Kraken lady. I understand that, but I, I flinch when I hear it. I go, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You're promising a blockbuster. It's not even out yet. Yep. And a lot of times we know how this rolls. It's a bipartisan phenomenon. Whenever they, they hype it up ahead yeah. of time. Yes. Uh, it winds up kind of not being a whole lot. Right. 
So maybe this is just managing expectations at this point. That's probably a good idea, David. You know, it's like, okay, well, it might be like, oh, we got some receipt somewhere about something or whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Joe Biden was asked about it uh, during his interview on MSNBC with Stephanie Rule. And, boy, she, like, apologetically asks him about Hunter Biden's legal troubles. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? (laughs) There's no ties to you. So as I ask this question, let me get the propaganda out. Right. What a hack. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Proud of okay. it for what? Uh, hold, on yeah. a, hold on a second. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Okay, maybe that's a simple statement for most to understand. I don't understand it. I, I, Anybody I, got any help? No, I think he's It just, affects my presidency because I'm proud of him. It, it makes me proud of him, and it makes me want to be a better pro- I don't know. I that. Mean, that makes sense. What you just said makes sense. <laughs> right. What he just said makes no sense. Well, I have the benefit of not being senile, so that's, that's, that's very, good. Very true. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to say, hey, listen, the the guy was an addict, all right, and he came through that, and that makes me proud of him. That, okay. Yes. Again, that makes sense. I mean, I'll ask if I won't be here, but somebody needs to ask Van Camp when he's at Shady Acres and he's 84 years old what he thinks <laughs> we'll see what the answer is well maybe closer to joe at that point you know dude he was just in arkansas the other day saying i don't have the money to pay child support for this kid that joe biden doesn't even recognize as a granddaughter yeah no so then you could get into a whole other can of worms mm-hmm. about what does make joe proud mm-hmm. as far as the sonship well, goes you do know they they also edited that whole thing down and it's actually more embarrassing when you see the transcript yes. that came up, because yes. apparently they had some audio problems. She, so the question, the initial question is what you just heard. How will that impact your presidency? Uh, Biden then responds, it will not because he has done nothing wrong and I'm proud of him. Right. Well, then Stephanie Rule says, well, just they were talking, sir. I guess somebody was talking in her headphones or on the set. Uh, they said, you gave your answer, but our audio was messed up. Can I just ask that again? You don't have to answer, if I may. And then that's where you get okay. the jumbled mess of I'm proud of him. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're going to, well, the rest of the country is going to be learning more about Hunter Biden, I think, by the end of the week. All right. Someone just went out and said child sex change operations isn't health care. Who said that? Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. The Gen X. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. Okay. Child sex change operations is in health care. Yeah. Agree. Who said that? Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He manhandled the reporter who was asking why he was signing a bill that banned sex change operations for children. All right. How many of these people were paid to come? I mean, like, honestly, it's like, seriously, some of this stuff is just totally manufactured. And when you talk to people, and I know, like, people in your industry will dress it up with a euphemism, and they'll say it's health care. 
to cut off the private parts of a 14 or 15 year old, that is not health care. That is mutilation. Yeah. And so when we're standing up against that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most it, Americans agree. It is actually interesting that, it, yes, turns out a solid majority of Americans live in reality and realize that giving kids sex change operations is absolutely insane. So Washington Post Kaiser Family Foundation poll. By the way, the Washington Post framed it as most Americans support anti-trans policies. <laughs> I think this is finally starting to lose its effectiveness yeah, I th- I think with their so. use of the language that people yeah. are starting to see through that. You know, a lot of us have for years, but I mean, just common people yeah. on the left are starting to say, okay, well, that's not anti-trans to say, hey, we shouldn't do this to a 14-year-old. Yeah. Right. 68% say that kids aged 10 to 14 should not have access to puberty blockers. Uh, 58% say the same for kids aged 15 to 17. This is another one of those things where most Americans agree on something, and yet yes. the enemy of the people, national media, is purposefully lying to try to make it seem like there is this groundswell of support for giving right. kids sex change operations or drugs. No, it's propaganda the way that they deliver the story yeah, and only give, you know, the loud voice to the ones that are like, oh, this is this is health care. Yeah. And they knew that they were a girl, even though they were a boy, since they were, you know, four months old. What? Doesn't make any sense. But we know exactly what it is. It's really interesting, too, with the whole Bud Light thing. Yeah. And we'll get to it a little bit later. Saying, uh, you know, a lot of people on the right want to take credit for this Bud Light boycott, even though I still had never heard about an official boycott. Like, here, we should boycott Bud Light. It was just the people stopped buying it, as far as I knew. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there were official proclamations made somewhere. The whole point was that was not a Republican or Democratic thing. That was Americans saying, no, we're done. We're we're not doing this. We're not going to support you. I've got many choices. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting because, if, as you said, <clears throat> most people agree this should not be happening with kids. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Are we ready to go around for uh, What's Your Story? Let's do it. Everybody got one? All right, let's do this. Do it every day right around this time. It may not be the biggest story of the day, but it certainly caught your attention. You wanted to tell everybody else about it? David, today, what's your story? Uh, yeah, well, I actually have a quick one, and then I'll get to my story, but one... To the city of San Antonio, thank you for voting no on Prop A. This was one of those crazy lefty, uh, we talked about a little bit, uh, pro-crime bill that would have basically made it only a, a citation if you got caught stealing something as long as it was under 750 bucks. <laughs> you could also smuggle contraband into a jail and only get a ticket for it. <laughs> so it was like 70-something percent of voters came out and said no to Prop A, so Thank you. I don't have to sell my house now. Um, All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Canada loves state-sponsored suicide. They keep looking to expand it, and it's crazy. Uh, There's a new poll out there that has some, to me at least, staggering results. 27% say that people in poverty should be able to get euthanized. Holy oh my gosh, gosh, man. 28% say the homeless should have access to it. You're homeless? Ah, Just go kill yourself. 43% 43% say the mentally ill should have access to it. 50% say people with disabilities should. And the scary part to me is when you break it down by age. 
18 to 34. 41% say that people in poverty should have the option of getting state-sponsored euthanasia. Oh, my God. Having the state kill them because they're poor. 36% of people age 18 to 34 in Canada say the homeless should have access to it. 55% say the mentally ill should. And a whopping 60% say people with disabilities, yeah, yeah, you know, they should be able to go kill themselves. And the state should do it. Okay, David, is this where you want to have your deep philosophical conversation? <clears throat> we can. I mean, we can expand on it a little bit more uh, later. It's up to you, man. It's up to you. But, you know, um, excuse I, me. I mean, looking at the tragedy in Allen, uh, you know, I know liberals are talking about gun control and all this stuff. And I just had the question over the weekend. And I know I'm not the first one probably to come up with this, but for the first third of my life, background checks that were verified by the federal government through the NICS system were not required that it, it, it was the system wasn't set up and it wasn't part of buying a, a gun from an FFL for the first third of my life I'm 36 mm-hmm. um, and yet this stuff wasn't all that common when I was younger you know, but Columbine was the first one in my life, right. uh, like a spree killing, shooting kind of thing. And you wonder, like, what changed actually in the culture? And to me, I think it is. A, I think there are lots of different things that can go into it. But if you are one of these people that says it's the guns, it's not. Sorry, my dad got his first rifle when he was seven. He and his buddies used to run around with the rifles. Right. And just, you know, shoot small game, shoot at fish, shoot at cans, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's it's a degradation overall in valuing things. And you see this poll out of Canada where you have young people right now, a majority of or close to a majority of young people say that if you're in poverty, you should have, you should be able to legally have the state come and kill you because oh, whatever you're in poverty. Right. The best thing for you <laughs> might be that you die. There is just an utter lack of value in anything right now. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're just having the roundtable discussion, as I've said before, um, and I know that not everyone agrees, and that's fine. We all have different opinions. It's a spiritual battle. And God has been taken out of the public square in a number of different areas. And that doesn't mean when God was in the public square that everything was perfect. But you see the moral decline all around you. And as you said, David, what we used to value is not valued anymore. And honestly, if, you know, people ask, well, what, what has that been about? And I really tend to think that, and this started years ago, it was a takeover from Marxist philosophy. And so, you know, as it used to be earlier in the 20th century, figuring out, okay, Marxism isn't going to spread country to country with poor workers. We've got to get into the professions. We've got to get into the institutions. Mm-hmm. And it, that has happened over time. So what is being taught to kids? What's being taught at university? And then you look at even the medical field right now where you do have, not all, but there are plenty of doctors that are saying, oh, no, to mutilate the kids' genitals, that's gender-affirming care, that they've bought into it. Mm-hmm. And so you've had people, you know, <laughs> Not God-following people. People that think there's a different way to do life, and that would be Marxism, 
to infiltrate all these different areas, and you're seeing the fruition of it. That's my opinion, and I think that you're right. People don't value what we used to value. No. Remember that poll not long ago where it talked about people valuing time with family? Yeah. It was almost upside down with money. Now money is much more valued. Yeah. It was like a 30-70 split, and then it just shifted over 30 years' time. That's pretty wild, man. It really is. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story is about a self-proclaimed trans woman named Darren Glynis. Hmm. He was acquitted of three counts of indecent exposure in a women's locker room after a judge ruled that he was too fat. Too yes, fat. That, man. Yes. Yeah. A judge ruled that this guy could not have uh, indecently exposed his penis at the YMCA female changing room after agreeing with her claim that, well, he, she is just too fat for it to be visible. Can't even see it. He now goes by Rachel. Found not guilty. Three counts of indecent exposure. The judge in this case, a guy by the name of David McNamee, claimed after agreeing that the size of his belly meant it would be impossible for anyone to even see the winky. Yes. He had several complaints made against him dating back as far as 2021. At least three people complaining, hey, there's a naked guy in the female locker room. It's okay as long as you're obese. Yeah, as long as, as long as it's hard to see Mr. Kanish, it's fine. <laughs> no problem. As long as no one has a microscope and tweezers, we're right. okay in here. So, so. It's absolutely stunning. So, so First, if a guy's so fat that his genitals can't be clearly seen, it's apparently fine for him to get naked in front of little girls. Yes, yeah. So, What's going on? So I'm just wondering if, if a guy walked into a playground, took off his clothes, and just went Buffalo Bill. Yeah. That wouldn't count as indecent exposure, right? Because he's got it tucked away. Yes. Under this logic, right? Uh, under that logic, yes. I would think so. If you can't That's crazy. Yes. Clearly see it, then it's not it doesn't exist. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. So anyway. why would he have to have the surgery? You can't see it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For my story today from the Wall Street Journal. Did you see the headline, tech workers aren't as rich as they used to be? I'm like, oh, okay. I knew there was, you know, boom there during COVID and everything. Is that what we're talking about? And it mentions, you know, December 2021, shares of Google parent Alphabet it just hit a record high. And so they talk about this one guy in particular, Tommy York. Um, his pay package included a $175,000 stock grant to be paid out over four years. Okay, so that was going to look good until the tech stocks crashed. Uh oh. And all of a sudden, the money is gone, and it's telling all these different stories of how many people have been laid off. Hundreds of thousands in that industry. I mean, who were just making bank, like sometimes crazy bank. Um, there was a story of this lawyer and talking about some of his clients were laying plans to tap their ballooning company equity to buy homes for their parents or second homes for themselves in Hawaii Jeez. because they were making so much money. He said the conversations were almost like what you would have with a young athlete after they got drafted into a sports league and got paid. So they tell this story of Samantha Voigt took a software engineering job at Square, now known as Block. That was 2017. And she talks in the story about 
Oh, well, I maxed out my 401k. I paid off all my student loans. I bought a car in cash. Um, socked away 500 grand because she's making so much money. Um, said she easily covered twice weekly therapy sessions and costly visits to her hair salon every few months. Um, she felt burned out by the pandemic, so she took a year off of work. Because you're making that kind of crazy yeah, dough. You can do nothing and get by. Yeah. Yes. Said in a group chat with about a dozen friends, mostly in the tech industry, people would share stories of elaborate trips to Japan and second homes near Lake Tahoe. Gosh. And they're all like 28 years old. Dang. <laughs> Did you know that world existed? I have, you know, you hear about it, but until no. it's like putting a person with it with a picture and talking about what they were actually doing, you're like, holy cow. Um, says that her new job as a startup pays a higher salary, but her public company stock payouts are gone. In their place, she receives options in a private company with an uncertain payout. She said it used to be kind of like spend whatever, it'd be fine, but now I'm having to think about it a lot more. Mm. So I started using, you know, like a budget to track my spending, <laughs> making some lifestyle changes. I'm bathing the dog myself now instead of relying on a groomer. <laughs> well, yeah. Darn. Gosh, dang it. All of a sudden, living like a lot of other people do, like, does the dog really need a bath this month? Yeah. Can't we do it on our own? That sort of thing. We got a hose. Yeah, no kidding. So I knew, you know, that that had affected a lot of people. I didn't realize the scope that that's happening. It just found that to be really interesting. All right, much more to get to. Um, so there is a gay bar chain that has dropped Bud Light. Yeah. What? Yeah. A gay bar chain has dropped wow, Bud Light. I can't Light. wait to find out why. Not standing by Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, come on. <laughs> that and much more coming up right the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so this chain dropped Bud Light, and you're saying it's a gay bar chain. Yeah, Anheuser-Busch products will no longer be served at some gay bars in Chicago because of, well, Anheuser-Busch distancing itself from transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Wow. It's the uh, group called, uh, I'm not making this up, this is what they call themselves, Two Bears Tavern Group. They yeah, they own four gay bars in Chicago, and they called out Anheuser Busch because apparently they have abandoned support of Dylan Mulvaney. This is the dude who says he's a girl now, and uh, Bud Light did this little sponsorship thing with her or him, whatever. And uh, wait a second, Anheuser Busch never came out and apologized for it or anything they, like that. They said they? we missed, or not we missed the mark, but we never meant to be part of a conversation meant to divide. And so, what this group, this gay bar chain in uh, Chicago said was Anheuser Busch's decision to drop its support of Mulvaney in response to ignorant and hateful objections shows how little Anheuser Busch cares about the LGBTQIA <laughs> community. And in particular, transgender people who have been under unrelenting attack in this country. <laughs> unrelenting. Yeah. Can you imagine the dudes that come into Chicago from Tempe, Florida, and thinking it's a Chicago Bears players own that place? <laughs> <laughs> they and their buddies are coming off 18 holes, and they decide to stop by two Bears because it's probably a sports bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. It must be like Urlacher and Matt Forte. Exactly. You know, yes. like 15 years ago. This will right. be fun. This will be cool. <laughs> oh, wrong. Yep. You know where I think that statement actually got it right? Where it says, uh, customers show how little AB cares about the LGBTQIA plus community. 
Yeah, because it was just pandering to make money. Right. That's what the whole thing was. Well, yeah. Exactly. They just didn't expect to go this way. <laughs> just They're like, wait a second. All these other companies, they pander to this stuff without meaning it all the time, and they seem to do fine with it. Why us? <laughs> well, it's... For a whole lot of reasons. Yeah, there's a lesson for you. It's never, ever going to be enough for the oh, radical no. trans group. Oh, goodness, no. It's You're right. It's never enough. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, here we go. Guns, guns, guns. Yeah. After a tragedy, it's very predictable. There are a whole lot of questions to be answered, but who cares about that when you're the left? Cash in on this opportunity to talk about guns. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have this awful situation in Allen, Texas, at the outlet mall. Eight people killed, at least seven others wounded when a shooter opened fire outside the mall. Um, and luckily, there happened to be a police officer there who was able to take him out. And you know, he was there on other business. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of conflicting reports about this guy. And, you know, apparently he'd been living in a hotel after living with his parents or whatever. And uh, CNN and other mainstream media outlets are reporting that he had some insignia that signaled he was a white supremacist or something, which is a neat trick because he's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I, we're, it is kind of frustrating how little information authorities are putting out right now, but I tend to think they're just trying to slow walk it a little bit to make sure that unlike what happened in Uvalde, they get the actual facts right before putting things out to the public. Yeah. You, it's frustrating because I don't know if there's going to be any sort of manifesto with this. If there is, it's a good chance we're going to see that before we see the manifesto from the uh, manifesto from the Nashville shooter. Oh, definitely, yeah. Because that did not fit the left's narrative. It's very frustrating. Yeah. So you got somebody on MSNBC saying that the only way to get rid of gun violence is to wipe out Republicans. Uh, yeah. Jeez, oh, I saw this. Roland oh, Martin smokes. on on MSNBC says yes, there is one solution to ending gun violence. Okay. The only way to change any of this is to completely wipe out the Republican Party. Somebody has to say it. Greg Abbott, the governor, is sick and demented. He has literally done nothing. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the leadership, uh, Republican leadership in the state, they literally have done nothing. Okay, so I'm trying to understand this. Mm -hmm. So what Roland is saying is if the politicians in Texas would have done more, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, that that is what he is saying. Yes. Okay. So, gun deaths in the other states or cities where you have the toughest gun laws in the United States, and multiple mass shootings. That doesn't matter. Don't pay attention to those statistics. It's no. just about these Republicans. Right. That's according to the brain dead left right now. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, because like we a- also hear, you know. 
Yeah. There's been this many days so far in 2023 and this amount of mass shootings. And there's been more mass shootings than there have been days so far in 2023. What are they referring to? Well, a lot of times it's not tragic cases like this in Texas or what we talked about in Nashville. It's gang violence mm-hmm. and multiple people shot. But we don't hear about that so much from the left because that doesn't fit their narrative. Well, why is so he is being that investigated? So saying... That yeah. they really don't care about no. blacks in Chicago dying. Because they never bring it up. So they must not care. Why yeah. isn't he being investigated? That's a call to arms. That's a threat. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a direct that's... threat. Imagine if Tucker Carlson would have said that. Oh, he meant by voting. No, he yeah. didn't. Right. He didn't, he didn't specify that. That's, that's how they would yeah. couch it. But I, I still wonder, Damn, though, man. Because right now... Even with Texas introducing constitutional carry, and I keep seeing people trying to say, see, loosened gun laws led to this. Well, that doesn't make any sense if you think about it for more than 20 seconds. Because this has nothing to do with a law-abiding citizen who legally purchased a weapon and wants to carry it when he's in his car. That This has nothing to do with that. Th- those are two no. completely separate issues. But then you look at, overall, gun ownership rates... In America, since what 1972 is the earliest that I found somewhat reliable polling, has been pretty consistent between 40 and 45 percent of Americans owning at least one gun for the last several decades. And you can make the argument, well, you know, some of that weaponry has gotten more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can make that argument. I don't know if it's a particularly compelling one to me. But something has definitely changed in this country that is beyond just guns, guns, guns. You know, we Agreed. made the joke, I think it's within all of our lifetimes, there have been people who have gun racks on their trucks when they go to high school. Yeah. And like a, right ahead of a, a hunting season, maybe on a Friday or something, people actually had rifles in their trucks at school. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yet this yeah. wasn't a common occurrence. But I think it's so brain dead and lazy to just say, oh, well, obviously it's Governor Abbott signing a constitutional carry law that had nothing to do with this. But, you know, it's just it's really disingenuous because something has changed aside from availability of guns nationwide. We have the strictest gun laws on the books in American history right now. Yep. And yet we see these things become more and more common. But no one wants to have a conversation. It's just ban, ban, ban. It's stripping law-abiding citizens of their constitutional rights because nobody actually wants to find out what is going on in this country in terms of violent crime. And we have no idea about this individual person yet. Why were they no longer a security guard? We don't know. There might be something to it. We just don't know. He got booted out of the Army. But as far as being a security guard... No, I I don't know how you pass that because there's he has a history apparently of mental illness. I don't I don't know how that even happened. The security guard part. So, yeah, there are knows? a lot of questions out there. There's no doubt about it. All right, we got to get to Joe Biden saying what about Republicans? Oh, uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. Well, the debt limit conversation is heating up <laughs> on Capitol okay. Hill with Republicans wanting to cut spending, Democrats just wanting to up our credit limit. Uh, Joe Biden was asked whether or not he's willing to invoke his constitutional authority to bulldoze Congress and blow through the debt limit altogether. This was on MSNBC. Okay. I think that, first of all, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different... No, sir. A a different group. 
And I think that we have to make it clear to the American people that I am prepared to negotiate in detail with their budget. How much you're going to spend, how much you're going to tax, where can we cut? For example, in the first two years of my administration, I cut the debt by $1.7 trillion. That's another lie. No. Yeah, he, he didn't. It was just pandemic-era programs, social welfare programs, expired. And he didn't actually cut the debt. When he's, What he's talking about is the year-to-year budget deficit. Right. That's what was cut, not because of anything he did, but because pandemic relief programs expired. And I guess some people can call that misleading. You can call it a lie. That's on purpose. That's a talking point. Well, of course point. it is. Anyway. 1.7 more than anybody's ever done in history. <laughs> their budget goes in. And they, they, there's, no, there's no possibility they can pass their budget. Zero. Zero well. possibility. They cut, they, they cut 200,000. Anyway. I won't. I shouldn't get going. Uh, what? It, it, like you need to get going. I need to wrap this up. No, no I shouldn't get going. Like I shouldn't get right. wound up about this right. stuff. But. I won't. I shouldn't get going. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know numbers. Yeah. you can't put a sentence together. It's true. He doesn't do numbers very well. Holy smokes! That's you've... the first exit ramp. Is I shouldn't get into it. Yeah, you can take that one. You can blow by it to the next one, which is just giving up. On a sentence and saying anyway, and just moving on. I wonder if Dr. Jill was there. Like, okay, time to wrap it up. Usually she's present for stuff like this. Electric charge through the seat. It's something like that, or just to, you know, throw some sort of life raft to him. (laughs) Hey, you're sinking. Start paddling out of there. Get out. Something. Golly. This is friendly fire, by the way. Of course it is. Stephanie Rule. What a joke. Exactly. You know, absolutely, Mr. President. Hey, did you hear the, uh, the all the rumors around Tucker Carlson? He's talking to Elon Musk. He's talking to Daily Wire. He's talking to Newsmax. Mm-hmm. He's going to be bringing it back to Fox. He's going to bury him. He's going to be telling you all sorts of things about Fox. Not sure of any of it's true. Yeah. No, we'll see. Um, but apparently he is having a conversation with Elon Musk. Part of that is he may start his own thing, like direct pay. The one thing that different people have said is he's not going to be silenced. Like, he's not going to sit on the sidelines while Fox has the contract for the $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. Because whoever pays him, he's going to make more than that. And I think, and I don't know the guy, but you get the sense that he feels like this is more than about money. And he wants to be the voice out there. I hope he is, man. I can't wait to hear what he says. There was one thing that a lot of people were sharing online over the weekend, and it was talking about how Congress is controlled by the intel agencies. And this was an interview with Tulsi Gabbard. It was on her podcast. Uh, But people were going back and listening to what Tucker had to say. Because there is this theory, and I buy into it, that one of the reasons Fox got rid of Tucker is because he could not be controlled. And if you watch that show, you know he went after Republicans a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially the neocons. A lot. And I don't think the brass fox liked that. Couldn't be controlled. This is what he said to Tulsi Gabbard. There are members of Congress who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not speculating on this. You know, I I lived there for 35 years. I know this. I had a very high-ranking very high-ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking 
we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee. You're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but, you know, they're still spying on me. First thing. Second thing. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Yeah. Michael McCall, right. who is, you know, <laughs> the leader of, I would say, the neocons uh, in the House, kind of low-key uh, neocons, but but neocons. Um, what I got into an argument with him once last year on the phone. He told somebody that I was a Russian agent or something, and I was outraged. So I called him on the phone, and I, you know, I used bad language. I was really mad. And uh, he said, whoa, 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 I... I just got that, you know, that's what the intel briefers told me, that you were working for Russia. And I said, that's what the intel briefers told you? You believe your intel brief? Like, how old are you, son? You know, I'm from D.C. My dad was in this world. Like, yeah. you don't, you're being manipulated by your intel briefers. I just found that to be very yeah. interesting. And I wonder then, after hearing that, how much did Fox have some sort of shackles on him? Because it seemed like he was going to do his own thing. But I wonder how farther he would go without Fox over him. Remember all the reports how uncomfortable they were there where they were with the Jan Six stuff he was doing. Yes, when he put that together, yeah. that the brass was like, "Ee." Yes, you know. But then there were other people, and you, you had different people within Fox that had different, you know, views. Certainly on Sidney Powell, the Kraken Lady, and Dominion, and all that. And watching at the time, he was the one that cracked down on her. Oh yeah. But that didn't stop left-wing media from saying, you know, the Dominion thing and Tucker, he's part of that, <laughs> was so misleading. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see where he ends up. Yep. It's going to be fun to watch, no doubt about it, when it actually does happen. Okay, much more to get to. Dude, this is, how does this happen? School district in Texas hid the sexual assault of a six-year-old for weeks. Get to that story and much more coming up right here. The monthly Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this is just sickening, this story. Saw it this morning. Said hot air, and the headline just said, Texas School District hid sexual assault a six-year-old. And so the story tells about Plainview, Texas, this elementary school. Kids aren't in class today, being temporarily closed due to teachers claiming to feel threatened. Why? Well, because you had school administrators, teachers, and school district officials covering up the fact that a first-grade student was forced to perform a sexual act on another student in class. Oh, it was yeah. recorded on an iPad. Golly. The little girl was having nightmares, didn't want to go to school. Parents begin to understand. They start protesting the school because nobody had told them what happened to their daughter. The officials at the school had seen it and didn't tell the parents. Holy Whoa. cow, man. Until they that it actually classes. happened, that it was tolerated. Yes, it happened in class. The school superintendent said he did everything that was required by law. And they stonewalled. And it, it doesn't seem like anyone was really considering the little girl that got abused. Or, and it is crazy. Well, or not only the victim here, but 
I mean, parents deserve to know that something happened in their classroom at their kid's school because who's to say it won't happen again? Who's to say it hadn't happened before? Exactly. So, as it says in the story, parents across the district are, I mean, beyond angry. And so, as administrators, teachers saying, hey, we've got real threats here. Well, are you surprised? When you allow that to happen, you see it, and you don't let the parents know that this happened to their little girl? Yeah. Are you kidding? Every parent says, that could have been my little girl, if they have children in that class. Yes. Yeah, you're upset. Of course you are. The superintendent there, H.T. Sanchez, said when the content was found on a school device the day after the incident happened, a report was made and CPS was contacted. A state investigator then started working with local law enforcement and arrived in Plainview the next week. He had asked that we hold confidentiality because he wanted to be sure that he was able to get the full story from each of the students, the minors that were involved. All the steps that were required to take, we took. But the girl's going back to school every day. Golly, man. God, that's sad. So you got to make sure to go through the red tape, all the bureaucracy. we got to make sure that. Forget about the little girl who's going through hell right now. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we'll be following that story. Jeez. And, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. is running for president. I heard that. People on the left don't really want to talk about that much. Even though he keep, his polling keeps going up. Yeah, he's polling in the 20s now <laughs> against Joe against the sitting president. Yes, he made news over the weekend by saying it's overwhelming. The evidence that suggests the CIA was involved in the JFK assassination. Oh, Oliver Stone's known that for decades. <laughs> well, it, Tucker Carlson, remember, had somebody on yeah. talking about that same thing. Really interesting. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. All right, David, biggest story today would be what? Uh, biggest story of the day, I guess, is we're, we're waiting to see what all the facts are coming out of that horrific tragedy in Allen, Texas. Uh, the attorney general of the state of Texas has said that uh, law enforcement gave him no details in a briefing yesterday that the shooter was a white supremacist or held neo-Nazi views. But national Where media... Where did that come from? I don't know. They they say there was some patch on it that was supposed to be what what was it right wing death squad or something like that, but nobody's confirming that. But already media is treating it pretty much like it's gospel. Yeah, maybe it's okay. true. I, I don't know. All right, update on that and what happened in New York. All ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, the Scott Robin. Okay, uh, before we get to the border, it's a free-for-all, man. I mean, it's open borders. Before we get to that, Biden says he's done a great job. He's proven to be honorable. Heck, yeah, he deserves another four years. Yeah, Joe Biden did this interview on MSNBC and was asked about his age. And I love how they frame it as people just concerned about his age. It's not his age. Nope. It's the fact that he is deteriorating before our eyes. Yes. He turns and shakes hands with ghosts. Yes. Often. (laughs) All right, roll the audio. Why would an 82-year-old Joe Biden be the right person for the most important job in the world? Because I've acquired a hell of a lot of wisdom. I know more than the vast majority of people. I'm more experienced than anybody's ever run for the office. And I think I've proven myself to be honorable as well as also 
effective. Okay. Proving yourself to be honorable. Honorable? Really? Did I hallucinate the whole thing in Philadelphia before the midterm elections where you called me a fascist? No, you didn't hallucinate that. Oh, okay. Did I hallucinate the whole thing where he blamed a sluggish economy on people who didn't get a vaccine that doesn't work? No. Okay. No. Mm. Or say things that would be career enders for other people. Yeah. But uh, the media just looks the other way. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Did I, did I hallucinate the whole thing where he's got a grandchild he won't acknowledge and his crackhead son showed up in court to say uh, or to argue that he shouldn't be paying child support? No, you're not hallucinating. No, I'm no. dog-faced pony soldier. Well, no, that, that was a fact. He actually did show up in court there. Proving myself to be honorable. What the hell does that even mean? Well, that means in the world of not to not. Yeah, right. The history books will show that. You know it. No one not done not. The history books will note it. I, I mean, if this guy hadn't made millions of dollars grifting off of the American taxpayer, yeah. I mean, if he moved into the trailer next to yours, you'd move. <laughs> His family is a complete disaster. You know, what's yeah. interesting is I've always kind of looked at, at a guy like him his age, and the fact that his kids really don't have anything to do with him. Well, I mean, Hunter just went to Ireland with him. I mean, he's still hanging on. But that's because he's, he's, he's running from the law, keeping one right. step in front of him. <laughs> he's got him. But the, where, where's yeah. this daughter at? She's never around. No, I've, no, I've yeah. never even seen a- her Ashley with the family. Biden. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a sad story, and they lied about this on the campaign trail. She was in rehab during the yeah. campaign trail. Where's his bumbling brother at? Yeah. Well, and the whole thing with the daughter and her diary the, the and all. Yeah. Shower, yeah. Showering mean, with dad. Oh, yeah. golly. I did see a, a, a piece today. M. Night Shyamalan's movie will be called Shaking Hands with Ghosts, the Joe Biden story. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we're all senile, and there was a person there. Exactly. That's the twist. <laughs> it's a six-foot rabbit. <laughs> well, someone should let the ghosts know ahead of time. It's nothing personal when he can't pronounce their name correctly. <laughs> right. yes, you know. Javier Bacaria. <laughs> You know what? And again, in the M. Night Shyamalan twist, he actually said Javier Becerra. Wow. <laughs> but we all don't understand him. We've we all can't been. process it. We've okay. got a hex on us that makes it seem like Joe Biden is senile when really he's the only sharp tack in the box. And we won't know that until the last 90 seconds of the movie. <laughs> right. It's on it's us. You, well, you saw her. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, probably saw this story over the weekend. Daniel Penny. Is the name of the U.S. Marine yeah. who was filmed placing the, uh, let's see if I can get this right, homeless Michael Jackson impersonator, a good soul, no. on a New York subway. That's the way it's been portrayed yeah. in the media. Oh, yeah. Jordan Neely, a homeless guy who had had multiple run-ins with the law and had assaulted, assaulted an elderly woman uh, and a seven-year-old girl. I mean, this guy, he was a violent criminal. The crazy thing about the 67 year old woman like broke bones in her face she has permanent brain damage yeah. but of course when you watch good morning america they don't mention any of that there's nothing about any violent assaults in his past nothing it's just like this glowing and he he brought a smile to people i read this piece and yeah newsweek still exists uh where they're saying okay daniel benny has spoken now 
And in this, they set it up that Penny, a 24-year-old white man from Long Island, was one of several individuals who tackled Neely, a homeless black man who was also a Michael Jackson impersonator, and held him to the ground on an F train. Goes on to say um, he was screaming in an aggressive manner. Yes, saying he had no food, he had no drink, he was tired, he didn't care if he went to jail. Um, and Neely didn't attack anyone, but the Marine, ex-Marine, approached him after he threw his jacket to the ground. Neely also at one point said he was ready to die. So then it's the video of the Marine and a couple other guys holding him down with uh, Daniel Penny, the former Marine, putting the chokehold on him. And so as you go on, um, they add other parts to the story who, um, in an extended video of the incident cited by the Daily Mail, a bystander who stepped onto the train warned Penny about holding Neely in that position. But Penny continued holding him in that chokehold even after the homeless man faltered after two minutes and six seconds. So they have the time on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The man who was not seen in the video can be heard telling Penny that Neely had defecated, adding, you're going to kill him now. New York City's medical examiner said Neely died from compression of the neck and classified the death as a homicide, but added it's up to the legal system to determine whether the incident is of criminal liability. So Bragg's office is investigating. Okay. And then you get into some of the real nonsense, as far as I'm concerned with this. Um, they talk about how this has sparked outrage. Donald Grant, a cr uh, clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, told NBC News that Neely's action represents white vigilantism that threatens black Americans. Okay? Listen to this. Mm -hmm. It reignites the terror in the souls of black folks when we witness these killings of our people without trial, without jury, without anything else. This vigilante activity is really a reminder of the dangerous conditions that black Americans exist in now. What about what about the black people on the train, several of whom called 911 before the chokehold thing happened because well, they thought he was dangerous? That doesn't help further along the race baiting, their, David. Their lives don't matter? No, they don't. Okay. Not when a narrative's more important to the left. And Donald Grant, Grant the clinical psychologist. Uh, New York City uh, Council Speaker Adrian Adams suggested that racism in the legal system was a factor in this death. Condemned the incident in a statement on Twitter, saying there was no reason for his life to be taken. But you did, they actually quoted this 25-year-old data analyst, Ruhuma Tarunam. I didn't even come close to that name, I don't uh, think. Not bad, though. But anyway, uh, she lives in Brooklyn, pointed to the lack of public safety in the subway system in New York, and that played a factor. She told the failing New York Times, because police are not doing their job, that's why the citizens of New York are taking the law into their own hands. Somebody's got to do something. Yeah. And again, man... I mean, you're looking at this entire situation. I don't think he, the ex-Marine Penny, meant to kill the guy. No. From everything that you've seen, you take everything into account. But what are you supposed to do? Just wait till he attacks someone? He had yeah. attacked people before. You know, the, the thing that's crazy about this is how much, I guess, attitudes have changed overall when it comes to dealing with violent people when there yeah. are no cops around. The first time I was ever in New York, I was in middle school, and we were on the train going to Yankee Stadium. 
mm-hmm. and it was packed. I mean, just you're just packed in there like sardines. Mm-hmm. And a couple of uh, doors up, there was a couple dudes who started fighting. I mean, just trying to wail on each other. Mm-hmm. At the next stop, the dudes around them grabbed them by the shoulders and shoved them out. The two guys who were fighting. And the entire train car erupted in applause. Right. And it's like, that's how we do it in New York, Bubba. You know, that's right. it. Like, New York tough, right? Yeah. If you don't handle your business, we'll handle it for you. Right. And now this guy is threatening people on a train, mm-hmm. gets put in a chokehold, and dies. I didn't want to see the guy die. I don't think anybody no. did. And suddenly, he's the ultimate victim? There was no reason for someone to intervene? It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And, and then, and then the way the left portrays it. Well, I mean, it, it was just a homeless guy. He had family. Why didn't he live with family? No one ever wants to ask that question. It, and honestly, well, I think most people in America are the same way. Hey, I didn't want to see the guy die. No. But am I going to lose an ounce of sleep over this? No. The, and, the, and the outrage is probably people that are paid to do it. The criticism of people who don't get involved. You know, all these people, the bystanders just stood there and, and watched right. this happen. Well, I would imagine you question yourself and go, hell, man, this could break really bad for me. Sure. If something goes awry, well, I'm trying to, to help help someone yeah. or people, then I could be the one that ends up going to jail over this. Yes. Therefore, I'm not going to get involved. Right. Can you blame people? No. Jeez, man. Another story out there. A lot of schools are going to four-day weeks. There you go. That's going to solve the problem, isn't it? Yeah, it sure it is. <laughs> Dude, we're way behind. Well, that's what I mean. I mean What's, what problem we are we solving before here? Before the pandemic, yeah. we are way behind now. But, I mean, hey, I mean, if you're teachers' unions, this is a much better deal. So you can try to pass this along. as, oh, no, we're going to we'll still have the same learning. We're just going to get it done in four days. And and all, all these benefits. Yeah. A lot of people are already not buying this. Yeah. You know, we'll see where that goes. Um I thought this was odd. Saw this. Sometimes as you get a little bit older, you hear people maybe a little younger use words. You're like, I don't even know what that means. It does happen. So I saw the headline, five phrases young people use the rest of us don't get. I'm like, oh, okay. And maybe it's just because I have kids that are, what, age 24 through 17 that I know these words. They don't get it or we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't get it when they say it. Yes. Okay. But I know all these. I, I don't know of anyone. You know what fam is, right? Fam? Yeah. Family, correct? Yeah, short for family. Yeah. Okay. I do know That's that. not new. That's been used for decades. Well, I'm the oldest guy here, so this will be harder on me than anyone, I'm guessing. So. Okay. Dank? Is that, like, damp and dark? No. Oh. No. I've heard you it. You know in, Dank, David. I've heard it What's in it? two different contexts. One is uh, really strong weed. And then the yeah. other is like, is really cool. Yeah, the current is really cool. Yeah. Wow. The going for the weed, you're going back to like early 2000s, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, salty. Angry. Bitter. Bitter. Yeah. Jealous. Jealous. Yeah. yeah, you already know that. Yeah, I am. Uh, big yikes. <laughs> that's when. That's when you're like, you really stepped out of line with that post or that opinion or whatever. You say or do something really embarrassing. Yeah. Big yikes. Yeah. Um, and then bougie. Yeah, that's you, you're trying to live some sort of rock star life or 
yeah. high, high end stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, like fancy. Yeah. I've always yes. heard it in the context of when someone's like forgetting where they came from. You know, they're trying to act like they're higher class than yeah. what they actually are. So the good news out of seeing this was, okay, young people use the rest of us don't get who wrote this. Right. How old was the person that wrote it? <laughs> I don't know. Are you never around anyone younger? Holy cow. I only oh. got one wrong, and that was Dank. How about that? And they've read, by the way, that's not what Dank means. <laughs> I'll fight you on that one. <laughs> okay. All right, much more to get to, including is Tucker Carlson ready to torch Fox News? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You're wondering what's going to happen with Tucker Carlson. Is he just going to have to sit on the sidelines until after the next election because he's under contract from Fox? They may just pay him to sit out. Or is push going to come to shove? I can't believe it's not ironclad in Fox's favor, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, what is the worst that could happen if he broke it and went somewhere else? Sue him, I'm sure, to keep him off the air. For the cost of the contract, I'm guessing. Yeah, protracted. If you have somebody else willing to pay that, though. I suppose. I mean, you're talking stupid money. You know... Millions and millions. When you hear Elon Musk's name involved, you're like, oh, gosh, what are we talking about? Upwards of a billion? I don't know that, but you're just wondering exactly what's going to happen. So Axios, they think they have the scoop. Okay. Tucker Carlson ready to torch Fox News. Mm -hmm. Well, this is from Mike Allen, because Brian Friedman is this high-powered Hollywood lawyer, and Tucker has retained his services for this contract dispute. Um, And Brian Friedman told Axios, the idea that anyone is going to silence Tucker and prevent him from speaking to his audience is beyond preposterous. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So, you've heard Fox has had a bit of a ratings plunge. A bit? It's, we were all making like slight predictions when this was going down. And I can't remember, Scott, if it was you or I who were the most strong saying this is going to hurt them. Yeah. It's far worse than we had even oh, thought yeah. it was going to be. It is, too. Wow. Um, so the word is Tucker is, you know, trying to figure out his next move, but he does need Fox to let him out of the contract. Yeah. So he's been contacted by Newsmax, Rumble, Daily Wire. He's had a chat, apparently, with Elon Musk. And he's not sure what he's going to do. There's been talk of a direct-to-consumer media outlet, sort of like what Bill O'Reilly created when he was done with Fox. Um, So I don't know, man. Um, Apparently a lot of friends of Tucker's have said, hey, you want me to go on social media and hit Fox hard? And he's been saying, no, no, we'll handle it. You know, don't do that. In time, the truth will come out, that sort of thing. I I, I tend to think, you know, what Fox has in its favor right now is that they know that the longer any dispute gets drawn out, the less of an impact it'll have if Tucker goes out. Because that, that to me, is always know, the man. thing with Bill O'Reilly, though, is Bill O'Reilly just waited too long before launching his own thing. It was different, man. I think. I think it was different because Fox could go out and say, hey, listen, we had to pay the guy, pay yeah. $69 million to settle these sexual harassment things. With Tucker, they never gave the audience, yeah. like, this is why we're letting him go. They've tried to yeah. allegedly leak these videos. 
where he says things that are supposed to outrage people. Never but does. as you've said, David, it makes people love Tucker more. Yeah. It's even cooler. Yeah. yeah. This is the Marky Van Camp Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, well, the focus, at least as far as news goes and legacy news, is certainly guns after what happened in Allen, Texas over the weekend. Mm -hmm. What is the latest there, David? Well, okay, so this happened in Allen, Texas, of course, the outlet malls there. Outlet mall, I should say there. Uh, This dude, 33-year-old guy, murdered eight people. Uh, and and wounded at least seven others uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, what we are learning now is that the killer was terminated after three months in the Army and did not complete basic training. Uh, entered the Army in June 2008, but was not given a specific job uh, and had no deployments or awards during his short time in the Army. Uh, he was separated because of a designated physical or mental health condition, according to an Army official. A U.S. defense official said he was separated because of a mental health condition, uh, and he did receive a mental health evaluation before his separation. Okay. So then how does that work as far as him obtaining a gun later on? Well, you you pass a background text uh, check and you're all right. Yeah, presumably. I don't know what kind of paperwork would be filed, but if he got booted from the army before even completing basic training because of failing a mental health evaluation, I you know that that seems like that would pop up on your background check. It would seem. Um, And I don't know. Maybe this was uh, potentially a situation like the church shooting a few years ago. Where in that case, the Air Force didn't didn't forward the information to right. the rest of the federal government or the state of Texas when it came to that guy who had legal issues involving domestic abuse, which absolutely would prevent you from legally purchasing a firearm. Right. So maybe there was something like that. I don't know. I mean, the, the whole process of disclosing information has been agonizingly slow as we're trying to sort through this tragedy. Uh, and figure out, one, did he obtain the weapons legally because he had right. at least one pistol and a rifle? Uh, did, where where did he get them? Did he get it legally? Why was he able to get it legally? Because, again, I to me, I, you know, having gone through the background check several times myself, I, it just sort of seems like if the Army said bye because you had mental health issues, that would prevent you from legally purchasing a firearm. Yes. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. If something happened, because that's 08, and then in 15, you know, hey, that was a bad stretch and whatever, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are going to be asking the question, but as you said, not yeah. a lot of details. But, I mean, you know, last week when you had the person here illegally that shot, you know, five people, <laughs> people were still talking about, you know, we got to increase the gun laws. Well, do you understand the guy was here illegally? He should never have had the gun. Yeah. Then the question is, how did he get the gun? I mean, that's what you're trying to follow. 
It, that part gets really frustrating because, you know, after all this time, there are so many people that have these very strong opinions on things that they don't know a whole lot about. Yeah, uh, That's not to sound elitist. I don't mean it that way. But when they start talking about, we need background checks and these loopholes. No, the person was here illegally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's already on the books. And in the case of the tragedy in Allen, the the one thing also, because we again, we've been hearing a lot of rumors, a lot of sources say reporting that if he were eligible to be, they said, level two and level three security officer yeah. and then let that license expire. That would I mean, that means he would have a clean background check because, those, yeah, you know, as that Scott level, said earlier, yeah. how in the world are you a security officer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, getting back to what you originally had, had proposed, because we're not dealing with gun show purchases here. Right. Or people obtaining firearms illegally, committing these crimes. I mean, your original plan was you get caught with, with a, a stolen weapon or a weapon you bought from the, out of a trunk of a car. It's automatic five years. Yeah. Automatic. No one wants If you to really want that. to tackle this problem, go cut the head off first. Well, and again... And One find out reasons. how many of these people obtain these weapons legally that weren't stolen or bought illegally. When you're talking about, as they give the stat, how many days there are so far in 2023, and there's been more mass shootings by, like, I forget the number, 60 or 70 than days in the year so far. Again, a lot of times that is gang violence or multiple people are shot. Those are not legally owned weapons more times than not. No. Like, to a high degree. So if you want to do something about that, if you're caught with a gun illegally that's on automatic five years. Prison system, pipeline, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Okay, well, how about three years? Yeah, right, I know. Then you're not really serious about no, the problem. No, you're not. Right. Uh, most Americans don't think Joe Biden is mentally or physically fit for a second term. That Where would they get that idea? Where would they get that idea? <laughs> well, I have audio if you want. Okay, okay. I mean, you're talking about, hey, the green stuff, transportation. How about, you know, Baltimore, the river mm -hmm. underneath? What? Make heads or tails of this. Uh, for example, you're going to be able to get an Amtrak and instead of going through the tunnel of Baltimore at 30 miles an hour because nothing's been done under the Chesapeake Bay for under the, the Baltimore River, uh, the Baltimore area for 80 years. They're going to be able to go to 100, through it 100 miles an hour. We're going to, they're going to see more. They're going to see railroads going from Syracuse to down to, all the way down to New York, upstate New York. Anyway, to, to, to yeah. the city. But my, I guess what I'm saying, what I think that we're going to see is move. Yeah, uh, that's like the verbal equivalent of that horrible video of the gymnast who landed awkwardly and mm. her knees went backwards. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That's there. Her, he did not stick that landing. Um, he is also today, the president is announcing new rules for airlines where if you have a delay or you have to cancel a flight, they're requiring or they want to require vouchers or cash payments to customers. And I haven't heard this yet. We could take this journey together. But Tom okay. Elliott with Grabian Media, his only caption is at least 12 percent of these words are incomprehensible. So, well, a lot of times one of us has heard it before the other two. So if we experience this together, this should yeah, be a whole lot of fun. We are. Okay. All so right. he's sitting there with Pete Buttigieg. Uh, they're talking about the new rules for the airlines that they want. Secretary Buttigieg's 
Thank you all for being here. Please sit down. As we approach Memorial Day this weekend uh, and Memorial Day weekend, I'm rushing it, and a busy summer travel season, I'm here to talk about steps my administration is taking okay, to make your travel plan. Um, okay. Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> There's something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, listen, this isn't some sort of defense where people bring up the stutter because all you have to do is listen to him 10 years ago. He sounds like a different person. But he's got some sort of Janet Yellen thing going on where he's got the Werther's going, yeah. something. He needs to take a drink and clean that thing up. Because it's like he's hammered, but he's not. I don't. It it's was, all slurred together. Was it the transportation secretary that he was referring to when he was? Bouge- that thing? The bouge- yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Secretary Buttigieg. Yeah. Buttigieg. yeah. As we approach yeah. Memorial Day this weekend, uh, and no. Memorial Day weekend, I'm rushing it. And a busy summer travel season, I'm here to talk about steps my administration is taking to make air travel better for all Americans. Okay. The airline industry is a key part of our economy. Mm-hmm. And they've been critical partners in a number of important initiatives from requiring employees to get COVID vaccines and addressing the supply chain problems over the last couple of years. Time out, but please. I- yeah. You act like that's a good thing. People don't right. look at that as a good thing anymore. They've been working. They they made people get vaccinated, and it really worked out well. Golly, I just keep. Thinking is that it. the message? Serious? I yeah. keep thinking he's popping the Werthers from one side of the mouth to the other. I can't get that. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I can't get that out of my head. Maybe now. he just got back from the dentist, and <laughs> he still got the cotton swabs <laughs> in his guts. <laughs> but I know how frustrated many of you are with the service you get from your U.S. airlines especially after you, the American taxpayer, stepped up in 2020. In the last, I, I, I think you're right. He's actually got some. Like, yeah, it's going back you and forth. You can hear the smack. Yeah. But yeah, I know how frustrated many of you are with the service right you there. get from your mm-hmm. U.S. <laughs> and it went from left to right. One. That's it what went, I'm saying. A right. drink. You get a drink. There's some water. Help. The American taxpayer stepped up in 20. 20- yeah, that's the word that shifted inside. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> so you don't get this kind of detailed analysis anywhere else. <laughs> that's true. Because that was fake news. It's a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> right. There you go. Either way. We got more? Oh, no. We got that. That's it. We're tapped out. Oh, okay. Right. Can you see his handlers going, damn it? I said no candy before he spit. <laughs> no Jolly my- Ranchers. It makes Stop his it. mouth sticky. So, yep, 63% of voters don't believe the president has the mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively as president. That's a Washington Post-ABC News poll. Golly. Yeah. 21% of Democrats believe the president isn't mentally sharp enough for another term. Only 21%. Okay. All right. All right, moving on. Other things. Well, one of the craziest stories of the day. (laughs) Scott, you mentioned it earlier is this trans woman who exposed himself to children was acquitted. Why? Because they were so obese, they said, well, you really couldn't see the genitalia. (laughs) That's like a joke. (laughs) That's like something you'd make up. Well, it probably won't be found guilty anyway because you can't even see it (laughs) without a microscope and tweezers. Diet, I can't even see it. See? So, a self-proclaimed trans woman named Darren Glines was acquitted 
of three counts of indecent exposure in a women's locker room after a judge ruled, well, you're just too fat. <laughs> so so he, his skin was acting like a muumuu. Yes, That's what right. He has muumuu skin. Yes. Apparently, yes. <laughs> Lines was found to be so overweight that his genitals were obscured by his massive gut and couldn't have possibly been seen by the three juveniles reportedly present. <laughs> Which is still horrifying, actually. I don't, yes. I don't care if you see the whole wedding tackle or not, man, but if a guy's that fat and he's parading around the locker room, that's traumatic on its face. Well, yes. He's, not, he's from Red State. It reads on, I love this, this incident, which would have easily passed for a parody a few years ago, took place in Xenia, Ohio. Wow. Judge David McNamee cleared Glines after agreeing that the size of the belly meant it would be impossible for anyone to see, check it, yeah. her penis. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, not a misprint. <laughs> Golly, man. He's, a, he's not fat. He's naturally robed. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, Glines 31 has had several complaints made against her. Yeah. Dating back to her penis. 2021 with at least three people complaining that they saw a naked male in the female locker room. And that's the one where, you know, three juveniles present. Mm -hmm. Seriously, what about women's spaces? Just not protected. No, you're shame on you, you transphobe, for not letting this person with the tackle in there. Right. And as long as their belly overhangs it, then, yeah. Then then you're okay. Yeah. But don't be thinking you're going to take that new fat drug and get away with this anymore, because once they can see the Kanish, then you're done for. Right. Where are we? Thank you, Johnny. The trans community is about to have a, a pro-obesity diet uh, adopted, and it's going to be brought to you by Johnson and Where'd It Go? <laughs> I wonder if he put the soap on there while he was in the shower. <laughs> like a holder. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Much more to get to. Including more news about Tucker Carlson. Get to that straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this piece. What's this at? Red State? It's about Tucker Carlson. He spoke in Oxford, Alabama over the weekend. Full House, 1,200-seat uh, Oxford Performing Arts Center. And he mentioned, uh, when I accepted this speech, I didn't realize how much free time I would have. <laughs> of course, he got fired from Fox. Yeah. Um, so I guess throughout the speech, he warned about manufactured political and social issues he thinks can lead to the end of democracy. So like, Part of what he said uh, was American politics is supposed to be designed to improve people's lives, but is the point of it actually? What is it? As we're worried about these big abstract problems in faraway places or claiming we can control the weather or whatever we're claiming, there are kids with developmental disabilities who have aging parents and the parents are legit terrified about what happens when they pass. I'm starting to really believe that the divisions that we see in our society are pretty much manufactured. Like, okay. Well, he talked about Obama. He said Obama's first term. See if this sounds especially familiar to you, Scott. All right. So I know you were 
you know, around 2021 at the time, David. But Scott and I used to talk about this a lot around Obama. Said his first term was how we were going to get past race. Yeah. I didn't vote for the guy, but everybody I knew was excited, and so was I. We elect some guy I disagree with, but we get to the point where we can stop picking at the scab and move forward as one country. Why wouldn't I be for that? As a Christian, I totally stand for that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Said, but that changed in Obama's second term. Oh, no, we're not post-racial. All we're going to talk about is race and make each other hate each other on the basis of race. I don't think most Americans hate each other on the basis of their ethnic differences. I think a lot of that is just a lie, actually, designed to distract people. I don't know how many times we've said that. That's absolutely true. No, I think he's 100% right. When you go out and you live your life with a multitude of different people from different backgrounds and different skin color, a lot of the time, people are just people. Mm -hmm. Well... You know, when Obama was elected, I can, I, and again, didn't have to agree with him or, or even vote for him, but th- there was this feeling that, okay, we elected a black president. Yeah. This racist country thing narrative is bl- blown out of the water. Now. You thought. I did think that. A lot of people did. He also said this, and this I'm going back to like more than a month ago from a podcast where he talked about the media. Roll it. I'm here to inform you, really? Even on the big things that really matter, like the economy and war and covid and like things that really matter that will affect you no their job is not to inform you they are working for the small group of people who actually run the world they're their servants they're their praetorian guard and we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it agreed this is the markley van camp and robin show okay if we have one big story of the day, the biggest one, David, which one is it? Um, I think we're still waiting to find out more information about the uh, shooter in Allen, Texas at the Premium Outlet Mall. Uh, just getting little dribs and drabs there. Uh, but also, Joe Biden has just unveiled something incredible. Really? And I mean that. It's, it's absolutely earth-shattering, earth-changing. Wow. I assume if you can understand what he's talking about. It's going to be big news. Okay. All right. Well, that's a hill to climb there. Buddy. Well, we've had to decipher before. Man. It's going to make us all stronger, okay? We can do this. And get to the Scott Robbins trifecta. All coming up right here. All right. The Monthly Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Uh, before we get to Dick... Let's get to a news update. David Van Camp. Yeah, well, Joe Biden is announcing some major changes, some new rules he wants put in place for airlines, oh. such as, uh, well, vouchers if your flight is delayed or canceled, Ooh. which seems to me that means that they'll have fewer flights available, which means the cost will actually go up. Up, yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. he also announced something that I think might be big, if you can understand what he's saying. Oh. Yeah. I think we're up for a challenge. Let's roll it out. Free family seating beyond, not, in other words, no cost beyond the cost of the original cost of the ticket. Okay. Uh, free family seating, seating as long as it's. Not the original cost, not more Hold than on. the original. Beyond, not, in other words, no cost beyond the cost of the original cost of the ticket. So it's not free. You're still paying for it. Right. As long as it's no other cost, but there's does that no mean 
no premium if you want to all be seated together, I guess. No, Got no. it. So you don't have to pay the extra fee to have yeah. the seats next to one another. That that would have to be yeah. included. Which for a lot of the airlines, the way they do that is they make the flight cheaper, especially the mm-hmm. discount airlines. Yeah. But then they add the other fees in there. So hey, if you want to sit together, it's going to be an extra amount of money. Yeah. So what they'll do is just upcharge you that Yeah. on the ticket. But it sure sounds good. Yeah, I think. When you decipher beyond yeah. not in other words no cost beyond the cost mm-hmm. of the original cost of the ticket yeah no but cost not, not beyond the other yeah yeah it, it, it yeah because it sounded like he was saying free family yes yeah mm-hmm. it's not free what no okay no he means the upcharge but don't let details get in the way of a good story okay you had to be right. selling cable packages. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say free? Oops. It's all a cart. Yeah. But you have to take all the channels. <laughs> right, exactly. See? Yeah, whether you want them or not. No upcharge. No. Okay. Uh, okay, news from Dick. What did he say? Durbin, that is. Your favorite, Scott. Golly. Well, whatever he said, somebody told him to say it. Yeah. He's an original thought since Kennedy was president. Yeah. Illinois Democrat Senator Dick Durbin was on CNN talking about the made-up controversy around uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You know, Clarence Thomas didn't disclose that he has a rich friend that he hangs out with. That pays for a lot of stuff? Okay. Oh, no. Dick Durbin was asked about specifics, and this is amazing. Okay. Can you point to any specific action that you think Justice Thomas has taken on the court that you think was influenced by any of this? Yeah, that's the question. Well, of course, you can connect the dots and draw your own conclusions from them. Yeah. You You can? Connect the dots here, okay? That's all. Uh, Well, why don't you do it? You're on a national show with a chance (laughs) to point people in the right direction. (laughs) Jake Tapper The interviewer then brought up the fact that liberal justice Sonia Sotomayor literally voted on a case that benefited the company that published her book. Holy cow, he actually did? Yeah, Tapper did this. And so... What do you know? So he says, you know, it looks like if we're talking about disclosure, then really it it shouldn't just be about Clarence Thomas. It should be overhauling the entire Supreme Court and how they behave and what they need to disclose and what they don't need to disclose, right? Right. So listen to this guy, Dick Durbin. All right. I keep calling on Chief Justice Roberts to make a move and say something and solve this problem, and he has the power to do it uh, for the Roberts court. But other justices can speak out as well. Uh, And I will tell you, I I am blind to the political philosophy or judicial philosophy of the judge. No, you're not. Then why aren't you talking about Sonia Sotomayor? Right. That's hilarious. That guy. And it, it's what not, a load. All this stuff with Clarence Thomas, too. It's it's not like it was all totally hidden away. Because it, no. apparently it was pretty easily discoverable that a trip or real real estate transaction went down or whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it, boy, it's obvious that it only became a controversy because conservatives own the court six to three. That's the only yeah. reason it's an issue. Yeah. Well, you know, if someone says, well, is that a good look? I'd say, no, it's not a good look. Is there anything wrong with it? Because that's part of the way we are as humans. Like, wait a second. He happens to have that friend, and he gets to do all this fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Dang it. I don't have a rich friend like that. That would be cool. Well, you got to prove. But is it influencing influence anything? Battling. Yeah, you have to prove that. Right? I don't know if they can do that or not. Right. And honestly... 
Isn't it a little different when you're taking money from a publisher? That seems like a completely different situation yeah. with Sotomayor than it does with Thomas. Yeah. I, you know, again, this is all a political witch hunt. That's of what course. it comes down to. Yes, of course. Well, and I mean, in some ways they have to be careful how they go after Clarence Thomas. Not that careful. Because they basically call him a white supremacist. Oh, they, don't, yeah. they don't look Same. at him as minority at all. No. Well, well, no. Dude, that guy's story, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised because I understand how it all works. But the fact that his story is not known by more people really is crazy to me. All right, I know we got to get ready for your, your big trifecta. Are you set? Yes, sir. It's Casey set. So no, can, I don't know. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. Right. I hit the trifecta. Well, got at it. least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Every day, right around this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta, helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. I tried calling him all weekend. Went to voicemail, left messages, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm ready. <laughs> three. Number three. He's like, let's keep it professional on the air, Scott. Uh, okay. number, number three, California Reparations Panel, wouldn't you know, approves the payout. Yeah. Uh, as for why the state of California, which joined the country as a free state in 1850, should fork over billions of dollars in reparations, the, this draft recommends the big payout. They didn't pass any laws to uh, guarantee or any laws at the time to guarantee freedom. The recommendation pointed out that for a decade after emancipation, California continued to allow the enforcement of the Fugitive Slave Act, which called for the capture and return of runaway slaves. Hmm. Now, $200 million per person is a lot of money. But where will Americans who never owned slaves find the cash to pay the Americans who never were slaves? Well, Denver Democratic Councilwoman Candace Kadbaka. Almost Joe Biden there. I may have just done that. Has an idea. Want to impose a reparations tax on white-owned businesses. Huh? That's a good idea. Speaking before the Greater Metro Denver Ministerial Alliance. Said uh, capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor, and stolen resources. You could be collecting those taxes from white-led businesses all over the country and then redistributing them to black and brown-owned businesses. That's my solution. That's where the money comes from. End of story. Move on. Okay. I don't know if you have the answer to this. Just curious. Yeah. So are you a person then that through ancestry something you prove that your ancestors were held as slaves, or is that just any person of color? So if you had, like, a grandpa that moved here from another country who happens to be black, two generations, you get the money, too? I'm not sure. I don't know the specifics of this. I've heard that you would have to prove some sort of of family member at one time mm-hmm. in history being a a slave. What if you're a black person and you go through the ancestry and you find out, your ancestors actually held slaves. Then what? Well, you ought to pay up. Double, I guess. Well, if the like the Denver mm. proposal, which is a tax on white-owned businesses, I mean, for me at least, my family was still in Europe. 
Right. When slavery was in existence in this country. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not on the hook for any of that. I got like a great Gramps that stowed away on a boat from Switzerland. It wasn't here. So what does that mean? Well, it's, it doesn't specify. If you're, oh. a white, if you're a white-owned business, you'll cough hmm. up the dough, pal. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that solves the problem. In case you were wondering where the money was coming from, that's where it's going to come from. <laughs> Got it. It's and done. the countdown continues. Forget it. Over. Yeah. All right. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number two. Uh, number two, a high school baseball player had a major achievement taken away from him. Oh. Yeah, a no-hitter by Tennessee high school pitcher resulted in a loss. And it was his own coach who made it happen. How? Ensworth High School's Connor Cobb, a Vanderbilt commitment he already has. Oh, he's a stud then. Had a fantastic outing in a multi-win game, a must-win game, rather, against Father Ryan High School. Right. His outing would have had the best of three series tied at a game apiece. But he was over the pitch limit. The pitch limit is 120. He was one out away from the game being over, and he pitched 121 at that time. His coach stepped up and blew the whistle and said, look, I got to do this. Mm. We're over the limit. We screwed up. He missed it by one? One. They took him out of the game. Once they knew it was 121, he came out of the game. Game was over, though. They lose. End of game. What's the rule? That if he goes over, that it's an automatic forfeit? Oh, that's brutal. That is brutal. And now, of course, the arguments are happening now that if it's in the middle of an inning, you've got to let the guy finish the inning. That's in most states, the way I understand it, yes. that's the rule. You can finish out the inning. Not there. Mm. But his coach stepped up and said it was the right thing to do. I had to do it. I understand. To show my players that, hey, man, nobody's above it, right? Well, usually some there is a bench coach that keeps track of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, well I, I saw a game this past week where they actually had the number of pitches on the scoreboard. Really? Yes. High school First game. time I've wow. ever seen it. I haven't seen that before. Yep. No. Wow. Yeah. So you knew right where they were. Wow. That's cra- isn't that crazy? That's, and it's really too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, the thing is, he won. Everybody knows it. Yeah. yeah. That Well, that's true. It's a shallow win for forfeiting a game, yes. Yeah, everybody knows. He no-hit him. He but shut him down. If I, They'll fire the coach on Monday, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, a hotel manager got fired for uh, something <laughs> gross but kind of funny. What? Not your normal turndown service. Okay, here we go. The manager of a downtown Nashville, Tennessee, Hilton Hotel has been charged with aggravated burglary and assault after allegedly coming into a guy's room at 5 o'clock in the morning and sucking on his toes. Golly, man! (laughs) David Patrick Neal, 52, arrested. After a hotel guest by the name of Peter Brennan awoke around 5 o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, what is that? What's going on? Well, you'd think it was like a little rodent or something. <laughs> exactly. You'd <laughs> on your freak out immediately. <laughs> it was the night manager of the hotel sucking on his big toe. Oh, man. He screamed when he found out what was going on. He said, I recognize the guy because... He was, he was part of the hotel staff that came in to fix my TV for me. So he filed a complaint with the cops. They arrested him the next day. Bud Light has called him, and they're going to be the next spokesperson. There you wow. go. <laughs> that is. Light at the end of the time. for it. <laughs> what did Casey say? 
I ain't going to stand for it. He can't. He's, he got his mouth on your toe, making it impossible. I'm surprised the guy came out of the room alive after that. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was. And there you have it. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta. Well done, Scott. What makes you think, by, by the way, what I just... These guys who do this nutty stuff, right? What makes you think the guy's not going to wake up? Because no, it's probably worked before. <laughs> yeah. Guys, Maybe, I don't know, man. He must have felt some vibe. I don't know. I can't explain it. There might All have I been. know is i got to find a different Nimrod in the news. Thanks a lot, <laughs> jerk. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mr. Steeler? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Scott Robbins, right factor. All right. Still got to get to another news update. A lot of stuff going on today. And, of course, we can find some Nimrods. Well, I know of a passenger on a flight who's headed to Florida, ended up somewhere else. Uh-oh. Get to that and much more coming up later. Yeah. The Monkey Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So MSNBC edited John Fetterman? Yeah, John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania Democrat senator uh, who almost died from a stroke last year, and then nobody loved him enough to tell him to focus on his recovery, so instead he stayed on the campaign trail. He won, and then wound up having to be hospitalized for like six weeks because of clinical depression. So he's on MSNBC. Joe Scarborough was the interviewer and asked him how his depression spiraled after he won the Senate election last fall. That should have been one of the great moments of his life. But that's when your world started to collapse. Can you explain that struggle and explain it to people who may not understand when it's happening to someone they love? Yeah, no, that's that's what's so insidious about the depression, the the depression. You know, you might win. And you still feels like you lose, you know, actually, I laid there right there. I laid there and, and watched this hurt my own children. There is a major edit there, and I wonder what they took out. Because you can hear him start to kind of lose his train of thought. He doesn't yes. speak all that well now as a result of the stroke. Wow. He doesn't understand it when people talk to him. He gets startled by bright lights and loud noises. And that's still in play. And that's still in play. And they just decided to edit really sloppily. Yeah. Him starting to spiral a little bit into now here's the heartwarming story. I, I mean, right. I, I believe him that it was hard talking to his kids about dealing with this level of depression. Yeah. But they they cover up for Democrats so much. Dude, it is. It is because people, if they really knew, I don't know if they would have voted for him. But they hid it from people. We got to get the Nimrod. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Yes, uh, mentioned earlier, Frontier Airlines accidentally flew a passenger headed to Florida to Jamaica. They didn't have a passport. Uh-oh. Yeah, I got to head back. Oh, jeez. Sorry. <laughs> and then I saw this Texas high school student sent six of his peers to the hospital after deploying an intensely putrid fart spray. That's what fire officials announced. Intensely putrid, you say? Student fessed up to the prank after fire officials and hazardous response teams spent three days investigating reports of a smell of gas at Caney Creek High School. I've smelled some of those. Not that bad. Wow. Augmenting the natural smell. And that's never out to the news.